Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast, hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello and welcome to episode number 84 of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Tai, nutritional therapy practitioner. And uh, so excited as always to be here with you again this week. Uh, man, I am extra excited um, this week because tomorrow is my first ever uh, online class that I am teaching um, and have open to you, my listeners, um, that you can register for. And so I'm really excited. This is going to be an awesome way that I will get to meet so many of you um, since I can't meet so many of you in person and I can't coach everybody. There's just not enough hours in the day. Um, I will be able to now be able to see and meet so many more of you and work with so many more of you since I am doing this in an online capacity. So very excited about that and really looking forward to it. There is still time to register if you have been interested and maybe you forgot or you weren't sure when it was starting or maybe you're just listening to the podcast for the first time. Um, you are in luck because there's still time to register um, for this first time out, this introductory class, since y'all are going to be kind of my guinea pigs this first time around. I'm offering this class for only $47 a person. So you can go to, I've created a website, uh, kind of a landing page that you can go to and register very easily. So uh, that webpage is www.thatketoblonde.com forward slash classes. So it's thatketoblonde.com forward slash classes. Uh, if you don't have a pen and paper or don't remember that, you can always just go to jessicatai.com and there is a link there. If you just click that link, it will forward you to that page and you'll be able to register for the class. So looking forward to having you guys in there. It is going to be a six week course uh, on understanding and optimizing keto. And then when that course is completed, we will do a seventh week, which will be a live Q&A session that uh, I will host. And that way you guys can ask any questions that you have or anything that you've come up against um, through the, the six week journey together that you you know, need some further clarification on or um, just that type of thing. It'll just be a great uh, time to connect and get questions answered. And I'm really looking forward to that. I think that will be my favorite part of the whole course, truthfully. Um, I do love to educate. I love to teach. But my very favorite thing is just the questions and answers, the banner back and forth. I love knowing what you guys want to know and, and, you know, being able, hopefully being able to help you through that and kind of give you guys some good information. So really looking forward to doing that. Um, so for this week's episode, what I have for you is a great interview. Uh, this is a book that I recently read. 
um, called Bio Diet. And I actually read this book while I was on the low carb cruise. So um, I took it with me, read it in the airplane, and then on the cruise um, when we had any downtime, you know, poolside, whatnot, and um, actually read it on a couple of beaches as well during that time. And it's a really interesting book. It's a really good read, lots of great information in here. So if you um, have not seen this book yet or heard of this book, I would urge you to get it. Um, you can actually, it is in my Amazon storefront. So if you just go to my website, jessicatai.com, you can click on my Amazon link and it'll take you right to where all of the products that I recommend are. But this book is in there. You can get it on Amazon. It's really inexpensive right now, guys. I think it's like 10 or $11 and you can get it with prime shipping. Um, and it is well worth every penny of that. Um, really great information, very focused toward ketogenic diet and how to do it. Um, this is written by Dr. David G. Harper, who I am interviewing on today's podcast. So he'll give you a lot more information about this and kind of his take on keto and and why he believes that this is the ultimate um, scientifically proven uh, bio diet for us and, uh, and lifestyle for just improvement of health and, and um, kind of everything all the way around. He does a really good job of explaining things in the book and it's, it's uh, got a lot of information, scientifically based information in there, but it's really easy to read um, from a layman's point of view. So. Anyway, so that is who I'm inter interviewing on today's podcast, and I really don't want to delay anymore. I just want to go ahead and get him introduced to you. Okay, and so I would like to welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast, Dr. David G. Harper. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm great, Jessica. How are you doing? Super, and I am very excited to have you on here and kind of share you with my listeners today. Um, just got done, well, I shouldn't say just got done. I got done a couple of weeks ago um, reading your brand new book, Bio Diet. And well, thank you. Fascinating information here. You are um, obviously a scientist, but this is a very easy book to read. I found it very engaging. I think my listeners will as well. So I was really excited to have you on here to talk a little bit about more about you and about your book. Oh, thanks. You know, and, and I have to thank my wife too, Dale Drury, uh, and co-author. Um, she really helped, I think, make the book uh, approachable and, and engaging and hopefully a little bit entertaining too for those that decide to pick it up. Yeah, it is for sure. So, um, okay, so before we get into the book and kind of talking a little bit about um, keto, and I'd like to get into a little bit of the science behind it with you since you definitely have this great science mind, um, but can you tell the listeners a little bit about just who you are, who is? Dr. David G. Harper. <laughs> You're very flattering, Jessica. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm, I'm talking to you from Vancouver in Canada. Um, I'm a university professor here, professor of kinesiology at the University of the Fraser Valley. Uh, and I do my research at the British Columbia Cancer Research Center, which is one of the leading cancer research centers in the world. Um, our lab is the Terry Fox Lab, and I work with uh, Dr. Jerry uh, Gerald Crystal there. Um, Jerry is, as I call him, we're good <laughs> friends. Uh, and uh, we're involved, actually this involves uh, Ohio, because I know you're in Loveland, Ohio, and, mm -hmm. and um, we're collaborating with the team. Uh, Jeff Bullock, I'm sure many of your listeners will know that name. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff's at uh, The Ohio State University now, so we're collaborating with them on a, uh, a three-year 
study to look at the therapeutic benefits of a ketogenic diet for women with metastatic breast cancer. And uh, we're about halfway through that. And our lab does the uh, what we call the immunohistochemistry. So we look at the innate immune response and how that benefits from a ketogenic diet in terms of um, uh, optimizing the immune response to to cancer. So that's sort of the technical side of me. Um, uh, I'm really a teacher. I'm a, I, I, I'm a communicator and uh, I've been involved with the keto world for about 10 years. And I, I, I realize there's lots of good information. There's lots of good how-to information about um, how to go about a ketogenic diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you've pointed out many times in your show, there's also lots of not very good information. And so you have to be careful where you get that from. And what I, what I thought was missing that I, I hope we've addressed in the book is, is kind of the why um, so explaining in terms that, um, that most people can understand why ketogenic diets, um, both address chronic disease, so can be used as a therapeutic, but also how ketogenic diets, um, can, can, can prevent chronic disease in the first place. And of course, you know, if you look at cancer, the best way to treat cancer is just don't get it in the first place. So, mm-hmm. um, and as, so that's kind of where I came to it, um, the um, I got introduced, if I if I might, I'll tell you how the sort of aha moment that, that brought in, me into the keto world. Oh, yeah, for to... sure. I would love to know what that was. Yeah, so I, I did this radio show here locally. It's kind of like NPR in the States. Um, mm-hmm. It was called Think for Yourself, and it's a, a show about... Uh, critical reasoning and um, and 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 healthy skepticism and and we look at all kinds of current events. So we had a show that was about um, whether it was whether losing weight uh, and maintaining a healthy weight was mostly something that was done uh, in the kitchen. You know whether it was um, through diet or whether it was through exercise and. And being a kinesiology prof, um, and I, I took the exercise side. And at that time, um, you know, it's going back more than 10 years, I'm a health educator. I teach anatomy, physiology, pathology, and, and, and contemporary health courses. And, and I had just taught, you know, the conventional wisdom, the, the so-called party line or the standard Western diet. This high-carb, low-fat diet was the healthiest diet and the best way to manage weight. Mm-hmm. So our guest that day was a really, really interesting um, guy named Dr. Richard Mathias, who is, um, he's a physician and he's at the School of Public uh, Health at the University of British Columbia here. That's my alma mater too. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he had been studying uh, indigenous diets in North America. So um, essentially First Nations uh, diets. And, um, uh, and those are ketogenic diets if you look at them, especially as you go further north, uh, Inuit mm-hmm. diets can be 70 to 90% of their diet can be saturated fat. Um, so we were sort of having a conversation on air and, and, and he said, well, Dave, what do you think causes obesity? And, and I gave what I thought was the party line then, which was, you know, it's a very complex, uh, physiological condition that results from many factors like psychosocial factors and genetic factors and metabolic factors. And this makes it, you know, a real challenge to treat. And, and he politely listened to me. And then when I finished, he said, Dave, it's much sim- simpler than that. It's your body's physiological response to excess carbohydrate in the diet, and and Jessica, I just I, I well you know about podcasting. <laughs> it was, there, there was dead air there. Like I was going to say there must have been like a I mic drop. Just, You're sitting there with your jaw hanging open. Like, come on. <laughs> well, I, I two thoughts. One was one. My first thought was, well, it can't be that simple. Right. And, but you got to understand. I've been teaching anatomy and physiology. I know how the human body works. I've been doing that for more than thirty years at that time. And I just thought, oh my God, he's right. Like this all, like everything, everything in my mind just kind of clicked in, in into place. It took two or three seconds, and then I thought it can't be that simple. So after after the show, 
um, you know, he took me down the rabbit hole. And we've kept touch ever since. And and after the show, I went to um, investigate that. I just, you know, and I, I had to apologize to all of the students that I taught for 30 years, which I've done in the book and said, listen, I, I owe you an apology. I taught you the wrong stuff. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't being a good scientist because I never looked at the primary research that supports the standard Western diet, this high carb, low fat diet, which uh, I'm sure as you've discussed on the show, you know, dates back to Ansel Keys and so on back in the 50s and 60s. Um, So when I looked for this support for the diet, and especially the link between saturated fats and uh, and cardiovascular disease, you know, it's just not there. there's lots of epidemiological and correlational things, but in terms of cause and effect, um, it's just not there. And I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I was shocked because, uh, because, you know, our governments were telling us this was a healthy diet. Nutritionists were telling us this was a he- healthy diet. Our physicians were telling us that. Not that physicians actually get any nutritional training in their med right. school, but... So, uh, you know, suddenly you, you become a heretic. And, and I just, uh, and then I, 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 I um, started doing some research on my own. Um, and then, uh, and then I started, uh, I, I met up with Dr. Crystal at the Cancer Research Center and we started working together there. And then I ran into Jeff uh, Volok um, and Steve Finney actually at, uh, at a conference in Banff uh, about six years ago. And then we started collaborating after that. So it's, so what I decided to do after a while was I realized, um, all of this, uh, information and experience and consulting and, and, uh, and then I could apply my skill as a, as a teacher to try and help. Um, everybody out there understand the benefits of a ketogenic diet so they can so they hopefully can prevent disease because you know there's a there's a monster looming there if we just look at diabetes we can we can talk about that yeah so I want to go back one sec one just for one minute and ask you first of all I want to say I think it's amazing and it speaks um, just magnitudes about who you are and um, just that you would that you would investigate this and then be able to go back and say, you know what? Um, I was wrong. I was wrong and I'm sorry. And I'm going to, I'm going to fix this. (laughs) Well, you know, yeah, thanks for that. But you know, it's really, if you've been trained well in science, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. When, when faced with new evidence to the contrary, um, you reject the present model and you accept the new one. And, and I just, I wish our government agencies, um, you know, here in Canada, health Canada and the United States, I know uh, Nina Teicholtz, she's been working very hard with her mm-hmm. nutrition coalition just to get people to, would, it, all we're saying is, would you please just look at this recent robust science that's done by the best scientists at the best universities, and could you just realize the potential for preventing and treating disease here? Um, it, it doesn't take that much, it doesn't take, you don't have to be a trained scientist to see it, mm-hmm. but if you're a good scientist, you must accept the fact that you could be wrong. And if you are wrong, then uh, you have to change the model. And in my case, uh, I I had to take a mea culpa and apologize. So well, and I uh, think that that's, that is what people should do. But unfortunately, it happens so infrequently. And it's a real shame. (laughs) But people really get married to whatever, whatever it is that they that they've heard or that they've bought into or they've been teaching or or they believe and it doesn't go any further than that they will ignore um, and rebuke any science that states contrary to what they believe yeah and i i I get that you know Mm -hmm. if, if i'd been working on low fat diets and heart disease for 30 years and my research grants depended on that and so on i'd be a little a little defensive too but um, you know, Max Planck had this uh, great phrase one time that science progresses one funeral at a time. Uh, 
unfortunately, (laughs) scientists are humans too. And we tend to, you know, we tend to protect the models that we believe in and, and, uh, that that's creates some bias, right? Mm -hmm. So you just have to accept that you're going to have bias. And, you know, even with the keto stuff, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've definitely have bias there, but I think it's, it's because, uh, I'm trying to have a conversation and, and there are a lot of people that don't want that conversation to happen because they have a vested interest. And, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of the processed food companies, for example, finance a lot of the nutritional research. And uh, and our governments, both in, the, in Canada and the United States, they won't fund uh, nutrition science, or they're starting to now a little bit, but they, they're, they're reluctant to fund uh, nutrition science that looks at ketogenic diets because it's contrary to what they're recommending as a healthy diet. So, mm-hmm. so I kind of get all that. But at some point, we just have to say, "Hey, you know what? Enough of that. Um, mm-hmm. People are people are getting sick on this recommendation you have, and they have an opportunity to get better. And and all they need to do is is uh, have the information presented to them in a way they can understand it, and they can make up their own minds, right? And I think this whole movement will be led by the public. It'll be a democratic movement that just just stops listening to the government and starts doing their own thing. And I think that's what, you know, your podcast is great at providing." real evidence um, about the benefits of ketogenic diets. So I really want to thank you for doing what you're doing. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's. I agree with you. I think that it is going to take just <clears throat> regular regular people just to get out there and say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to listen to this agency or that agency anymore. It's not, I mean, it hasn't worked, right? And you even talk about this in your book, which I think is great, um, is that you're giving people a little bit of the background and the history of, you know, for 40, 50 years, we've been in this nutritional experiment basically. And it's not working. Like, um, It's like, I feel like how much longer do we have to keep going through this? How much sicker do people have to get? How many more little children, how young do they have to be being diagnosed with type two diabetes before somebody says enough is enough. And if we wait on the government to do that, I think we're going to be waiting a really long time. Well, governments are usually the last to mm-hmm. to respond to these sorts of changes, and it's not until enough people stand up and make a lot of noise that they start to pay attention. But they should, you know, they should, because you think of the cost savings. If we, Jessica, if we just look at diabetes alone, type 2 diabetes, and, you know, it's at epidemic levels in the United States right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, half of Americans are either diabetic or pre-diabetic. These are American adults over 18 years of age. Mm-hmm. Half of those that are pre-diabetic will develop diabetes. Those that do, um, you know, it doesn't end well. There's no drugs that can reverse diabetes. The mm-hmm. drugs will only slow the progress, and you tend to shorten your life by about 10 years, and it, and it really doesn't end well, you know. Um, so, it's a huge, uh, a huge monster on the horizon, and and that monster they estimate by 2030 in the United States alone, just to treat type two diabetes, will cost about 800 billion dollars a year. Mm. And to to put that in perspective, that's the present defense budget for the Pentagon. Mm. So in 10 years, we're going to be spending the equivalent of the defense budget just to treat diabetes. And so you know, you you just have to look at not not to mention the cancer, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. it all relates to that. It's going to bankrupt the United States right. if we don't. It's just do completely not sustainable. I mean, there's just no way. And so government should listen. 
they should listen and they should they should act and they should and all we're asking people to do is to eat healthy food is to eat real food mm-hmm. like what can be wrong with that i just don't i don't i don't get the resistance other than the fact that we've been telling people something different and we don't want to admit that we're wrong yeah and as you know politicians never like saying i'm sorry i was wrong <laughs> they, they don't they don't say they're wrong they don't apologize so so it will be a long time yes. i'm sorry <laughs> well here so here's a question this kind of brings up a thought to me so here you are you're the scientist you um, you know, you you really like to think about things. You're a teacher. You know, you're that's something that that you enjoy doing. You're passionate about, and even you, prior to sitting down for this episode, the show that you were that you were doing that changed your mind on this. You know, the you know kind of shifted the whole paradigm in your brain on this carbohydrate thing. Even you, up until that point, weren't thinking about it like that diet, like just simply what we're eating could make or break the obesity, the, the, the diabetes epidemic. Like you weren't even thinking about that until somebody brought it to your attention. And then you're sitting there thinking about it like, um, okay, yeah, I know how the body works and that's really too simple, but my God, I think he's right. So what is it that you think it's going to take for just the, your, typical layperson like like me or my husband or, or my mother-in-law or the neighbor down the street what is it going to take for people to be able to grasp that idea and understand because i think in a lot of instances that that i feel like i come across anyway it's too simple people they they can't believe that it's too simple that it's that simple number 1 because We've been taught for 40, 50 years in this country that 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 is absolutely completely wrong. It should be low fat, not high fat. But then secondly, we just think, well, there's no way that that can be right, that keto can be right, that eating that much fat can be right, that carbohydrates are that wrong. Because if it was that easy, wouldn't we just change our recommendations? And wouldn't we just change what we're eating? So it must not be that. So what is it that we can do Aside from great books like BioDiet, what what is it that you think would be a way that we can reach people? Uh, there's a, a whole lot of questions in there, Jessica, and they're all all really good ones. That's uh, you, you're very very thoughtful about this stuff, and it's important. It's really it, this is really important what you just said. How do we get the general public to to understand this? And and that's really why I, I wrote the book. But you know, going back to Dr. Matthias and my aha moment. Um, there's a there's a Buddhist uh, phrase that um, you know when the student is ready the teacher will appear, sure. and uh, and so I was I was ready I was in the, of the right frame of mind that I wasn't just going to dismiss this person as someone who is you know uh, nuts and and uh, and I investigated I did what I was supposed to do and I think this is really important so what I think what the public needs is a, is a simple model that they can understand. And so the model I presented in the book that I hope works for them is what I call um, the axis of, of illness. And you'll remember George mm-hmm. Bush to his axis of evil. Um, yes. So this is sort of a play on that uh, axis of illness. So there's really, if you look at any of the chronic disease, all, all chronic disease, really, um, about 70% of all chronic disease, uh, what underpins that are three things. Uh, obesity is one. Two is um, insulin resistance, mm-hmm. and three is inflammation, mm-hmm. and 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 those three things uh, are the three points. If you picture a, a, a triangle, the three points of my axis of illness, 
And, um, you know, those things start early and they aggravate each other. So it's kind of a vicious circle. So the more obese you become, the more insulin resistant you become, and the more inflamed you become, and the inflammation causes more obesity and insulin resistance and so on. And they just make themselves worse and worse until what happens is you get a disease. Now, we don't call it a disease until the physicians have a way of measuring it. So your blood sugar is above a certain point or your blood pressure is above a certain point or you've got a tumor growth or something like that. Um, and But what they will then do is really treat that symptom. You know, mm-hmm. So if you have high blood sugar, they'll try and take your blood sugar down rather than looking at what the root cause is. But if you look at the research, there is no doubt that about 70% of chronic disease is due to these three factors, insulin resistance, obesity, and inflammation. And you can, you can tell if these things are happening. So how do you tell? Well, the obesity is kind of easy to tell. You know, you can get on a scale or look at yourself in the mirror. But what about the insulin resistance and the inflammation? Well, um, inflammation is when, is when you hurt. Okay, this is not the short-term inflammation you get from an injury or, or a cut or, or a bee sting or something like that. This is, this is what we call chronic systemic inflammation. It's what causes cardiovascular disease. We know that now. Cardiovascular disease is not caused by fat in your diet or cholesterol in your diet. It's caused by inflammation in your blood vessels. Okay. But you don't feel that. What you feel are aches and pains in your joints. So, so, you know, if you're getting a little older uh, and you're getting sore, you're sore all the time and you're inflamed and you just hurt all the time, well, that's your body telling you that you are inflamed. And it's not just those uh, joints and muscles, it's also your blood vessels. Mm-hmm. And when, you're, when that inflammation, again, it will aggravate, you'll, you'll become more obese and you'll become more insulin resistant. And so how do you tell if you're insulin resistant? Well, you can do all these tests, which they like to do, but you can tell... Really, if your brain starts to get foggy because you need uh, insulin in your brain um, for it to function properly, not to not to absorb sugar, but for it to function properly. So if you're starting to get brain fog, um, even acne is, is insulin resistance. If you're a woman and, and you have symptoms of uh, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, all of those are messages from your body to say, listen, you're on this this downward spiral of these three things making each other worse. Now, the really good news is, and we have good robust evidence to support this, if you just take carbohydrate out of the diet, because that's the root cause, the excess carbohydrate in our diet is causing the obesity, it's causing the inflammation, it causes the uh, insulin resistance, and and we know this from good robust science. So if you just take that carbohydrate out, that vicious cycle starts to reverse itself and it happens quickly. So people get really big changes in about four weeks. And if, if, if the general public just understood that and gave it a go, you know, listen to your podcast or read my book and they, and they give it a go. And by the way, they should do that with their, with their physician's supervision. That's something I emphasize in the book as well. Just give it a try for four weeks and, and I'll be surprised if you're not feeling a lot better, you're lighter, you hurt less, your brain's clear, and then you'll see the light. And the more, there's millions of people now that have adopted keto diets and the word is starting to spread. And um, what I would hope we do is we just base it on uh, make it an evidence-based argument and not start getting distracted by things like, you know, animal welfare and things like environmental sustainability. Those are just distractions. This is about your health and the health of your children and your family. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very important that you hear that message. So that's, that's you know, that's really why I wrote this book. And I, and I hope it becomes a tool and a guide for people to find optimal health. Yeah, I think it definitely will. And I, and I love your accesses of 
axis of illness. Sorry, that's like a tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> I say that too fast. <laughs> um, I love that. I love the chapter in the book where you talk about that, um, chapter three, actually. So if you guys are out, if you have that book or you get the book, um, then you can is flip straight to that. And man, you can get some really great information there. And you do a great job of like laying all of this out and how um, these different diseases that are aggravated by insulin resistance um, or caused by insulin resistance and just how this kind of manifests exactly like you were just talking about. I mean, you start with one thing. It's like, which was it, the cart or the horse? What was first? But it's one thing after the next and it just snowballs. Um, and before you know it, we've got all kinds of different things going on, like high blood pressure and um you know, we've got aches and pains and joint pains. And I think the interesting thing is I'm going to assume um, that it's not just in the United States that we do these types of things. But if you go in because you've got, um, you know, aching knees, for instance, and especially if you're older, you know, they're real quick to just, well, let's just, you know, let's get rid of those. We'll put you in, we'll put you in some new knees. We'll get rid of those achy knees. Um, and nobody I feel like is asking the question like, well, why, why is this happening? Why, why is my body breaking down? And it's our, I feel like our medical system here is just so quick to be like, well, you're getting older. This is just the way it goes. Um, yeah, you, know, it, you know, I, I, I can't agree more. We don't really have anywhere in the Western world. We don't really have healthcare systems. We have disease management systems. Very true. And, and, and what they do is try and manage symptoms of disease, really. So I, you know what, I, I like what you just said, because you used the word why three or four times. I'm, I'm, I'm a design thinker as well. And what design thinking allows you to do is to get the root cause of problems. Mm -hmm. So if you look at diabetes, diabetes, you know, is defined clinically as, as, as a, a high level of sugar in your blood, a high level of glucose in your blood. Mm -hmm. So what's the physician's response? Well, we'll give you a drug like metformin or perhaps insulin that will, that will lower your blood sugar. Problem solved. <laughs> but it but it doesn't address the root cause. So then the question that you should ask as a patient is, well, why is my blood sugar high? Mm -hmm. Well, that's because you're insulin resistant. And then you ask again, well, why am I insulin resistant? Well, that's because you've been secreting too much insulin for too long and the cells are starting to lose their sensitivity to that signal. Mm -hmm. Well, why has my insulin been so high for so long? Well, insulin goes up because... When you eat a high carbohydrate diet, you have to secrete more insulin than you normally would in order to take that sugar out of your blood. Oh, well, why don't I just lessen the amount of carbohydrate right. I'm eating? Won't that solve the problem? And it and you know the 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 people at Verta, their, you know Jeff and and Steve uh, Jeff Bullock and Steve Finney are our principals there. You know they've done some great uh, research. They've spent I think about twenty three million dollars, and they've shown that for just type two diabetes, they can completely reverse type two diabetes with a low carb ketogenic diet, what we call a well formulated ketogenic diet. Mm -hmm. That's what the bio diet is, because as you know, there's different types of ketogenic diets. Um, they can reverse reverse diabetes, which means people are no longer taking any any medication. They have normal blood sugar in sixty percent of patients, and this is hundreds and hundreds of patients two years out. So it's essentially I call it a cure. They yeah. tell me I. I can't call it a cure because it's an intervention that must be continued. And so, but I'm saying, well, that's just what humans are designed to eat anyway. So I right. call it a cure. <laughs> but look at that $800 million, uh, eight, sorry, $800 billion yeah. and take, you know, 60% of that. And we could save more than half a trillion dollars a year in the United States alone if we just used healthy food to treat diabetes right. instead mm -hmm. of pumping people full of drugs. Well, and that's just diabetes. I mean, we're, that's, that's just, just that's one. That's just. So shoot, I mean, if that's what we can do with just diabetes, just diabetes, and I mean, it's so, and just listening to you as you're going through the whys, and it's very interesting. When I have clients that'll come to me, um, I've had numerous 
type 2 diabetes clients. Um, and the majority of them, I would say, don't even understand what they're taking or why they're taking it. They don't have any idea even that some of only some of them may even understand that the reason that what type 2 diabetes is or what they have been diagnosed with means that uh, they have insulin resistance and or that without their insulin, without this additional insulin that they're being given, their blood sugar would be too high, like that that's why they're being given the insulin. But as you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, I would even be thinking a step further, like, okay, well, you just told me that I have chronically high insulin and that's basically the problem. Why are you giving me insulin? Like, well, they, like yeah. I mean, you know, you would just be thinking like, this is the most insane thing I've ever heard. Like, it is, it is insanity, isn't it? If you look at the American Diabetes Association, they have now just recently recognize the fact that low carbohydrate high fat diets can be used but mm -hmm. here but for years for decades still here in Canada by the way I'm rather embarrassed um, the Australians were the first to recognize uh, high fat low carb diets as being an effective treatment for diabetes then New Zealand United States on board at least it's it's a tiny little sentence but at least it's in there somewhere but until then they were saying listen you you have this disease, which is which is uh, dysfunctional glucose metabolism, you can't metabolize carbohydrates properly. And our recommendation is to put you on a high carbohydrate diet because that'll make you lose weight. Well, first of all, it doesn't make you lose weight, and second, that's the worst thing you can do for somebody with with faulty glucose metabolism is give them more glucose than they can handle. Mm -hmm. And then when they have that problem, as you say. If you're becoming insulin resistant, you give people more insulin, that's just going to make them more insulin resistant. So well, this is this yeah. vicious it, cycle. It is a vicious cycle. And I think that the, probably the biggest issue, the crux of the problem is that it is not an issue of glucose metabolism. It is an issue of insulin resistance. That's yeah, the problem. They're both sort of tied uh, tied together. Right. But, but they, they, I they, feel like yeah. they're, if people understood that, it, that that's actually what it was, then maybe that question would be asked when their doctor's mm -hmm. explaining to them what they're doing. Instead of looking at it like, oh, well, I can't manage my glucose levels, my blood glucose levels, it would be more of a, well, wait a minute, this is already, I already have a problem of insulin resistance. Why are you giving me insulin? But I think people that, that even, you know, the people that have it, that, that the very little that they understand, I feel like if they understand any of it, they think, oh, well, it's because I just can't manage my blood glucose levels. But it's not, that's not really what it is. <laughs> so I think it's, it's very frustrating. It's frustrating. I know it is for you, um, being in the, in the scientific, uh, realm of this and like being able to see things from, from the side that you see things from, it is very frustrating to be, you know, where I'm seeing it from because I am very focused on nutrition and what people are eating. And it just seems so simple to me. And, yeah. um, and it's just so it's maddening because I just want to help people. And I, and I just want to be able to tell them it really is the simple, we don't have to make it any more complicated. Yeah. And, and you know, the, um, yeah, there's a, there's a, a philosophical tenet called, um, Occam's razor. And essentially what it says is you must first explore the simpler solution before you, uh, before you consider more uh, a more complex one, right. and we haven't done that. There is a simple solution mm -hmm. here. It is it is about food. You know the 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 journal Lancet. I think in 2017 they do their annual global burden of chronic disease and what what uh, lifestyle factors contribute to that, and they concluded 
that food, uh, bad food, contributed more to a chronic disease than, than smoking, more than alcohol, more than sedentary behavior and lack of exercise, all combined. Wow. So, so what you're doing, Jessica, is absolutely the right thing. Is trying to get people to eat healthy, and they're really going to reduce the burden of of disease. It's it's so important that people hear that story. But, um, you know, I talked to a lot of physicians. There's a group here that I'm a, a part of. I'm I'm on the scientific advisory board of the Canadian Clinicians for Therapeutic Nutrition. They now number we now number uh, more than six thousand, uh, mostly physicians and uh, and uh, dietitians and researchers and so on. I was just presenting to a group of uh, physicians in Calgary uh, a couple of days ago, and, and they're really coming around, especially the family practice physicians, because they went into medicine to help people get better, not to be, you know, somebody who just prescribes drugs. Mm-hmm. And so they now have this tool that they're seeing in their clinical practice that is really, really helping people get healthier. And so again, they're just, we've been trying to lo- lobby the government unsuccessfully to, to change our food guidelines to recognize these uh, low fat or low low carb high fat diets as a as a therapeutic, um, but but the the medical community is not against us. They just haven't been informed yet. They get the average, the average uh, student in medical school gets five to eight hours of nutritional training, mm. not even a whole course, just five to eight hours, and they learn they they learn the macronutrients and people should get vitamins and so on. So physicians. Or just don't have the expertise um, in nutrition to understand the benefits, but they're coming around now that all of this, uh, both scientific evidence and anecdotal evidence and clinical evidence, is supporting the therapeutic benefits of ketogenic diets. So yeah. it, it, we're making progress. We're we're really making progress. I know, I do feel like we are, and I I really love things like this bio diet book for helping move people in that direction. You've got the way you've got the booklet laid out is another thing that I really love. <clears throat> I like on the um, second part of the book. So you you go through really talking about kind of the breakdown of, you know, what, what food's doing to our bodies, kind of the history of what's happened. And then um, in part two, you talk about the five steps to success of how to start your journey. And then, you know, once you get started, what you need to be um, doing uh, preparation, you know, that type of thing in the kitchen and, and in your life. I also like that you talk about, um, getting your head in the game and yeah. how important the way you think about it. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Cause I, I think that's a big one that so often we just, we're looking for, we've been so conditioned to look for the next best thing, right? Like let's, what's the next diet I need to be on? Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. But I think it's so important to, um, really, focus on the lifestyle and how you're really thinking about this, um, how it pertains to your life. So talk to us a little bit about what you mean by get your head in the game. Yeah, well, you know, this is, um, the book is called Bio Diet, which, you know, it's a biological diet. It's essentially a a proper diet for humans, given our biological makeup and history. But um, when I talk about the word diet, sometimes, you know, people think of these short-term calorie-restricted diets, which uh, I'm pretty sure everybody should know by now don't work and actually make things worse. Um, You'd so be this surprised. Is, uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's really frustrating. But um, but this is a, a diet in terms of what you eat. And, and so it's a part of a lifestyle. And, and part of that lifestyle involves your environment. So what kinds of foods you buy and bring into your home, where you shop, uh, when you eat, how you eat, who you eat with. Um, there's a lot of psychology involved and, and a lot of emotional um, investment in foods. Foods are very mm-hmm. cultural. We use foods as, uh, as an emotional crutch sometimes. We use foods to celebrate. 
Um, and, and so it's really a, an entire lifestyle change that people have to adopt. Now, that sounds, uh, you know, onerous. It's not really because um, what you're doing is getting things out of your life that are making you feel poorly and, uh, and, and, and performing suboptimally. So as you see those changes occur... Um, and you know, the, the, in the five steps I've given there that we pay a lot of attention to, you know, this is what your day is going to be like. Uh, these are the symptoms that you might see. These are how you address them. But also, you know, one of the criticisms of ketogenic diets, and I'm sure you've talked to lots of people and they say, well, I tried it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I sort of say, well, I, I don't understand if you tried it, why, why aren't you still doing it? That's my next question. And where did you learn about it? Usually, you know, YouTube videos or mm -hmm. something. Um, so, so there's the sustainability is important. So if people, you know, as a, as a, as a teacher and educator and a lifelong learner, one of the things I love about, about shows you like yours is I learn something every time, even though, you know, I'm a so-called expert in a field, I learn something new every time I listen to somebody else talking about it. And, and so if you're interested in learning how your body works and learning how this can really help prevent, uh, chronic disease, which is not only personally disabled, but financially crippling to people as well, um, then that's really important. So that's part of the psychology. But but also, you know, just uh, getting the right, getting foods out of your uh, out of your house that are going to tempt you and and uh, learning learning to cook. You know, there's mm -hmm. some great there's some great cookbooks out there. You know, uh, Leanne Vogel and and Maria Emmerich uh, and, and and lots of others. Uh, Amy Ramos. They've all come out with these great cookbooks. So learning to to get back in touch with food in a psychological way, in a healthy way, to learn what real food tastes like and learn what organic food you know, that comes from, you know, animals that are raised humanely. It's all part of this lifestyle change, which I think is very important. And I think if, if people start thinking about food, become more mindful about the food they eat, uh, they're going to be a lot healthier and they're going to find it easy to sustain the diet because, it, you know, it's so satisfying too. You get all these great fats you get to eat and that's where all the flavor is. So yeah, uh, it's just, it's just so fun once you, but it does... The reason we have five steps is, you know, the first one is just sort of benchmark measurements so that people will know whether it's working for them. And, and, and one of those key things, again, to emphasize, do this with your physician so you can get all the blood work done and so on. And then I, I have a, a step that most diets, uh, most keto diets don't have, which is a kind of a, I call it biopreparation, where you kind of ease yourself into it by reducing, eliminating sugar from your diet um, while extraneous sugar, added sugar, so-called. Um, and and uh, cutting out alcohol for a short time, and I like mm -hmm. to emphasize that a short time. Um, I do like my wine. Uh, <laughs> You're so and, funny, Dave, because this yeah. is so. I have a, a similar program. Just to interrupt you really quickly. And sure. this is one of my steps. And actually, you are one of the only other people that I've seen actually lay this out as a step to that's necessary. And it's the same way that you have it laid out. I'm telling them to cut out the sugar. You know, any added sugars and alcohol at that same time. And my, I always have to let people know, but I'm not telling you, you have to cut it out forever. <laughs> you can yeah, yeah. add the alcohol back in, but for this period of time, you really need to do that or it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, except except Jessica, sadly, beer because I was a beer drinker before, and uh, yes. yeah, there are some low carb beers now, but they they you know they got to work on the taste a little bit more. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I, the beer's gone, but uh, <laughs> but, but I'll give them some about, others. <laughs> yeah, the good thing about this this bio preparation phase that you're just talking about too, this comes from our practical experience too. Is yeah. is it it helps you alleviate some of the symptoms of the so called keto flu that happen. In, in the third phase or the third step, I call the uh, bioadaptation. This is where you actually change from sugar 
burning metabolism to fat burning metabolism. And this is where you will experience some symptoms. Um, typically, and they're usually mild, like dizziness, lightheadedness, some in digestive issues, some maybe sleep issues, uh, low energy, but it, it's short term. Um, but this is where it's really, I, I can't emphasize it much, you, you really, especially if you're taking any medication, you really need to have physician oversight here because you're likely to need concomitant reduction in any medications you're taking. Mm -hmm. And some of those symptoms might actually contraindicate for you uh, for a ketogenic diet. That's one of the things that I kind of, you know, as, as a scientist, I kind of bristle about when people say, you know, this is the best diet for everyone. Mm -hmm. There is no one size fits all diet. Uh, some people can, you know, metabolize carbohydrates just fine. But if you look at the US numbers, you know, 75% of American adults are overweight or obese, they have a glucose metabolism issue. So, you know, I, I estimate about seven out of eight people can benefit from a ketogenic diet. But that other one out of eight for, for it's a small percentage of mm -hmm. them, but it could actually be quite you know, it could be harmful if you have some of these uh, carnitine enzyme deficiency mm -hmm. syndromes are very, very rare. Or if you've had liver or, uh, or kidney issues, um, if you're a pregnant female and so on, that's not the time to start a ketogenic diet. And really, you need to discuss this with your physician before you start. Mm -hmm. uh, don't be afraid to talk to them about it. And if they say, I don't know anything about it, well, you know, you can just <laughs> tell them to read BioDiet. Right. <laughs> Or, or at least go to the website. We have a website, biodiet.org. They can you can look at parts of it and download all the diagrams and so on. But, you know, I if if I if there's any one group I hope would read this book, it would be physicians, especially family pra practice physicians uh, all over the world. If they would just have a read and and uh, and by the way, this book has been you know, triple fact checked and I've run it by physicians and researchers and, and uh, dietitians and, and it's all been checked as A-OK. -okay. So, uh, so you can, you, you can have good faith in the information that's in there. And if, if, if every physician would just read this, there's actually one, one of the comments I had on, on um, Amazon, very kind, a, a woman from uh, Minnesota who is a physician uh, said, you know, this should be required reading in medical school. And that really just, I almost brought a tear to my eye. I thought, well, that's exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, that's, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, especially like you're saying, doctors, physicians get so few uh, hours of training in any type of nutrition at all. Um, and I think that it's, that's really unfortunate. Um, just having this information in their back pocket, if they had to read this book, and even if they, you know, are dismissing it first off, I mean, once you learn something, you can't unknow it, right? So mm -hmm. if that's mm -hmm. in there, and then they get into practice, and they start thinking, you know what, maybe, you know, maybe there, there was something to that bio diet book that I read. And I, this seems like this issue is happening exactly like it said, it's going to happen. And it would give them another, you know, another means, another tool that they could give somebody like, hey, why don't we try this first? And if that doesn't work, then there's probably something else that, that you know, we can go to that's drug or surgery related. But let's, let's try this first. Let's, let's look at the diet. This is going to be the easiest, cheapest thing for you to do. Let's try it out. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better, Jessica. And, you know, it's food is medicine, uh, yes. it, 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 or it's poison. You know, mm -hmm. if 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 you eat the right foods, it's medicine, and it and it can get you healthy and keep you healthy. But if you eat the wrong foods, it will make you sick and keep you sick. So, yeah, yeah I think that's a that's a simple sort of a slogan for us. Food is medicine. 
So this is awesome. I really have enjoyed having you on here. And again, I just want to reiterate to the uh, listeners here today that we are talking about Dr. David G. Harper's book, BioDiet. It is it says the scientifically proven ketogenic way to lose weight and improve health. Um, I love the egg that you have on the front. <laughs> Yeah, that was a that was an interesting story. The egg, but uh, I, I consider it to be nature's perfect food. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. <laughs> I love it. I have a few backyard chickens myself, and um, I saw them. I saw them on your uh, on your Facebook page. They're oh, very cute. man. They're, it's like my they're my favorite animals on the planet because of those eggs. Yeah. But um, can you tell our listeners um, before we let you go here? Uh, tell them how they can find out any more about you or um, kind of what you're doing. If you have any social media outlets. They can kind of keep up with you, that type of thing. Sure, I'd be happy to. Thanks, Jessica. Um, well, the book is available in stores uh, and your favorite online retailers uh, throughout the U.S. and Canada. Um, and it's uh, we're, we're just looking at the foreign rights now, too, as well, but it, you can get it elsewhere in the world. Um, we have a, a, a website, which is biodiet, all one word, dot org. Uh, not dot com biodiet.org and and um, uh, my email is there david at biodiet.org uh, and my co-author and and wife dale drury you can reach her dale at biodiet.org uh, if you look up biodiet on facebook you'll find our our facebook page there uh, our social media uh, contact the hashtag is hashtag biodiet book um, and any of those things, listen, if you, if you, if you bought the book and, and you're interested, uh, in following up, send me an email. Uh, I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as I can. Um, bearing in mind that I do counsel women with, uh, with breast cancer. And, and so they, they're my first priority for communication, but, uh, I'll try and get back to you as, as soon as I can. The book's doing very well. It's actually a bestseller here in Canada and we're just starting to make inroads in the, in the U S. So, uh, with my colleagues there, and I've got lots of family all over the U.S. I've got family, in, uh, especially in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I'll be touring around the United States, and I might get to meet uh, some of your listeners in person. Uh, that would be great. Yeah, that would be awesome. And um, anyone that is listening as well, you can. Um, I will put all of this in the show notes, um, so it's easy for you to get to. And you can always just hop over to my website, and I actually do have BioDiet is linked in my Amazon storefront, so you can very oh, easily Thanks. just go grab it there. So um, mm-hmm. they will have no problem finding the book. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I- Oh, I can't thank you enough, Jessica. It's very important we get the word out. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I that's why I was really excited to have you on here. I think your this book is wonderful. You've given people a lot of information, really great information. And having tools like this that people can grab, read, pass on, this is invaluable. I love it. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, that's we, we tried to keep it, you know, keep the cost down and make it a paperback so that the, the, the maximum number of people would get a, a hold of it. And please do share it around. It's more important that we get the word out. Uh, yeah. yeah. So um, you said your wife, Dale, helped you with this book. So do you guys, either one of you, have you thought about doing an audible version of this? Yeah, we will. Um, awesome. As soon as we yep, as soon as we, there there is also a Kindle version, of course, but mm-hmm. uh, or or um, the Apple Books. Uh, we are going to do an audio uh, one as well. This is all self published, by the way, so okay. we have to wait till we get some some returns on on sales sure. before we can do that. But hopefully, before the end of the year, we'll have an audio version uh, as well. And yeah. and we're thinking about doing a podcast too. And if we do, I'd love to have you on, Jessica. This oh, has been a great be conversation. Wonderful. Yeah, I would love that. But um, that's great. Well, I will keep my eyes open for the Audible version. Um, I love to have that as an option for clients when they're looking for good books to read. So many people just want to listen to them. <laughs> and I understand yeah, I, that. 
<laughs> I do a lot of audiobooks and podcasts, so I'm with you there. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, it was great to have you on here, Dave. I really appreciate all the information, and I look forward to talking with you again soon. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode. 